0: Hello, you're listening to the Let's Talk Future podcast series presented by Oppenheimer if you're interested in the economy the markets and investing in general you've come to the right place this series was created to fascinate and enlighten every type of investor curious about the latest consumer trends how about innovations in healthcare or technology the let's talk future series definitely has you covered through timely and relevant conversations we deliver some of the best thought leadership in the financial services industry our renowned hosts and guests explore big questions and big ideas and leave you with actionable insights. In this edition, our featured guest is Jay Olson, Managing Director and Biotechnology Analyst at Oppenheimer. And our host is Joel Sendek, Head of Healthcare Life Sciences Research Team at Oppenheimer. This episode was recorded on November 14, 2023. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hi everyone, it's Joel Sendek. I'm the head of Healthcare Life Sciences Research at Oppenheimer and we're really excited today to be talking about obesity and the new therapies that are on the market right now and on the horizon for the future as well. And here to talk to us about that is Jay Olson. Jay is a managing director and a biotechnology analyst and he covers a number of biotechnology companies, but he's probably one with the most expertise in obesity with regard to companies that are developing next-generation compounds in the biotechnology space here at Oppenheimer. So welcome, Jay, for, uh, for joining us. Thank you, Joel. Awesome. I guess the best way to kind of set this off is to really think about you know, why, Jay, do you think that obesity is such an interesting topic for investors these days?
2: Yeah, Joel, thank you for having me on. It's a great topic and super interesting to most people with all the progress that's being made in the treatment of obesity. Beyond all the social media attention that most people are already aware of, investor interest in obesity has really been driven by the two leaders in obesity treatments. And those are Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk, which are not covered by Oppenheimer Research, but both stocks are up around 50% or more year to date, and over 300% in the last five years, as a result of a number of factors, but mostly driven by the drugs they're developing for obesity. Now, Lilly is the largest pharma company by market cap, and Novo Nordisk is one of the most valuable
1: companies in Europe. Jay, so good overview of of the companies that are the drivers there, but why is obesity such a large opportunity for biotech and pharma investors?
2: Well, there are a number of unique features to obesity, to make it an important disease area for investors to stay focused on. First of all, it's extremely common with hundreds of millions of patients in the Western world. I think the U.S. obesity prevalence is almost 40%. And second of all, it's quite easy to diagnose and patients are highly motivated to seek and pursue treatment, even in some cases willing and capable of paying out of pocket. Third of all, it's a very serious disease
1: with severe medical outcomes. A lot to drill down on there, Jay. So let's start with why do you think obesity is so common, particularly in the U.S.?
2: Well, you know, the main reason obesity is so common, especially in the U.S., is because of an increasing standard of living, which often includes high-calorie diet, relatively sedentary lifestyle, and in some cases, genetic factors, and ultimately, a lack of easy treatment options, which all lead to weight gain that is in many cases very difficult to lose.
1: Yeah. So that's that's pretty clear. Obviously people are, are getting heavier over time. So what do we have now that our healthcare system can do about it?
2: Joel, that really gets to the fundamental reason why obesity is such an important opportunity for pharma and biotech investors, because obesity is not only common. It's extremely easy to diagnose, so obese patients are readily identified, and they're motivated to seek treatment. Now, you may know that certain diseases are considered silent killers, like undiagnosed cardiovascular disease that may require several diagnostic tests, or fatty liver disease, which requires an invasive liver biopsy, or Alzheimer's disease, which requires expensive imaging or PET scans. There are other diseases that don't have any symptoms or require genetic testing. But the diagnosis of obesity doesn't require anything time-consuming, painful, expensive, or inconvenient. Obese patients and their doctors and families already know who they are, and they're eager to seek treatment.
1: Yes, yeah, and what happens if they don't get treated?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because the medical community is still learning about all the negative outcomes associated with obesity, but we do know they include increased risk factors for heart attacks, strokes, type two diabetes, hip or knee replacements, asthma, COPD, sleep apnea, which is a sleep disorder, fatty liver disease, and even cancer.
1: And what are the obesity treatment options that we have right now, and how well do they work in your opinion? Well, that's a great question because for centuries,
2: the only obesity treatments were diet and exercise, which requires extraordinary willpower and are not effective for many patients. You may recall a number of previously failed attempts at weight loss drugs that were either ineffective or unsafe, like FenFen. Eventually, diabetes research led to safe and effective weight loss drugs which are the holy grail of the drug industry. The leading treatment options are Wegovi, which is the weight loss version of Ozempic from Novo Nordisk, and ZepBound, which is the weight loss version of Munjaro from Eli Lilly. These drugs are widely expected to sell tens of billions of dollars annually, which has driven outperformance for Lilly and Novo shareholders. These drugs work well, and they lead to rapid and sustainable weight loss but there's still room for improvement and it's an enormous market. So there's obviously plenty of opportunity for many more competitors beyond just Lilly and Novo. There are additional nuances here like reduced lean muscle mass, which is a potential risk for weight loss drugs and maintaining weight loss after treatment stoppage that may be favorable for some patients. We also expect combination strategies to become a trend is several companies have already started working on these types of approaches.
1: Well, that's great, Jay. But how well do these drugs work, well, I guess, in the clinical trials as well as in practice as much as they know so far? And then what are the potential improvements you expect to see from the others that are out there trying to develop competitive drugs? So from what we know so far, the Lilly and Novo drugs
2: lead to over 15% weight loss after just one year of treatment. Now, that's a lot for the average patient who weighs over 200 pounds. Both drugs do have side effects, including nausea and upset stomach, and they both require weekly self-injections. They are also relatively expensive at around $15,000 per year list price with various out-of-pocket scenarios depending upon reimbursement. These side effects, plus the weekly injections and potentially high costs, do cause some patients on Lilly or Novo drugs to interrupt or discontinue treatment in a real-world setting, which can lead to a return of obesity. So as far as improvements go, future drugs may lead to either greater or faster weight loss, and they may be more convenient to take with fewer, less frequent injections, or potentially even an oral pill formulation that wouldn't require any injections the potential advantages of new obesity drugs may help patients stay on treatment in the real-world setting and potentially lose more weight and keep it off. And which drugs are working on these new
1: obesity drugs, Jay?
2: Well, thank you, Joel. That gets to our investment recommendations. In our coverage, Amgen has an obesity drug in Phase two testing that should have results towards the end of next year. We have an outperformed rating on Amgen, And our $310 price target has about 15% upside to the current share price. Amgen's obesity drug has potential for more rapid and deeper weight reduction, plus less frequent injections. With phase two data expected, as I mentioned, by the end of 2024, they also have an oral drug with initial phase one data expected early next year. Amgen has a $145 billion market cap. So over on the SMID cap side, we also cover Viking Therapeutics, ticker VKTX, with a $1 billion market cap and over 300% upside to our $40 price target. And they also have an, an obesity drug with phase two data coming next year for an injectable form and phase one data expected early next year for an oral pill form of their obesity drug. Now, we recommend buying both Amgen and Viking ahead of these potentially important obesity
1: catalysts. All right, well, that's a great overview, Jay. Thank you for the recommendations, and I look forward to talking to everyone on our next podcast.
2: Hey, Joel, thank you so much. It's great being on the podcast. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Future. We know your podcast listening options are endless, and so we're glad you're spending time with us. Don't miss out on our next episode, and remember to subscribe today. Join our community to expand your thoughts on business, the markets, and the dynamic forces affecting them. It's time to talk future.